With Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network, I'm Paul Allen. The Vikings lost to the Detroit Lions 34-23. They are 10-3. The Lions are 6-7. And and the Lions have won... Uh, the Lions have won five of their last six games and improved to six and seven. Uh, before we hear from Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins and Ron Johnson and winning formula and stuff like that, uh, what uh, what were some of your thoughts, Gabe? Uh, we came out slow, um, and that's not what we needed to do against the Detroit Lions team that had won four out of the last five, and uh, that showed. Uh, they got the ball first. We go. We give them. We force them to three and out. Then we go three and out. We're usually good on our first possession, and then. The offense kind of stayed, you know, kind of, kind of, not, not good. I'll put it this way: they, they, they just weren't persistent in trying yeah. to uh, move the sticks. And um, the Lions capitalized on that. We gave them plenty of opportunities, and we didn't do what we needed to do to. to now today. You, you will hear from Gabe Henderson and Ben Lieber with Winning Formula coming up shortly. Um, a couple of a uh, couple of record-setting notes: Dalvin Cook finished with 23 yards, yep. uh, which means he has the fourth most rushing yards in the history of Vikings football, uh, passing Bill Brown, Chuck Foreman at third. Uh, he would be next. Cousins finished with uh, 425 yards, two TDs, and zero picks. But uh, Justin Jefferson with a career best: 223 receiving yards. Jared Goff threw for three touchdowns. He's done that a million times in his career. Uh, they the Lions faked a punt. To the up back, um, uh, Moore, who ran for 42 yards. That was the largest rushing total the Lions had today. Jamal Williams, 37. DeAndre Swift, 21. Justin Jackson, 19. Goff even ran a couple of times for nine. Amon Ross St. Brown ran once for six. But um, before we start hearing uh, thoughts of others, Gabe Henderson, um, Dalvin Cook, one and a half yards per carry. Yeah. There's no chance that I would have predicted that coming into this game. No chance. Absolutely. And with the Detroit Lions being the second worst team when it comes to yards per rush, they were giving up five yards per rush per game. And uh, I just knew Dalvin Cook was going to at least rush for 100 yards. And uh, that starts with the offensive lineman up front. Darisol was out. Uh, uh, Garrett Bradbury was out. So there was some some shuffling there that those guys had to get adjusted to on the front, front five that uh, really, I believe, you know, stop Dalvin's momentum, and, you know, that's the reason why Dalvin wasn't able to get, you know, the yardage that we were expecting him to get against this Detroit Lions defense. Let's, uh, let's give Gabe a chance to uh, get down to the field to do winning formula with Ben Lieber. So uh, let's first hear from Minnesota Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell and what he had to say following an 11-point loss to division rival Detroit. Just give you guys a quick update. A uh, couple injuries, uh, Jordan Hicks. Um, had a left foot. He'll get an MRI um, on that. Uh, Chris Boyd, a left knee contusion. Um, we'll ultimately evaluate him, but uh, hopefully we can get him turned over on a short week. And then we did have uh, Blake Lynch with a shoulder. Uh, he'll be evaluated tomorrow further. And then uh, Brandell um, uh, did have a right knee that will require an, M an MRI just to really figure out. But uh, he was possibly able to come back in the game, he at least said, but uh, we wanted to be smart um, with him at that point. But we'll take a look at where he's at. i uh, got to give the Lions credit. Um, they played a really solid football game. I thought our guys battled, uh, but we just didn't do enough today to win the game uh, playing complimentary football. Um, when I look at it, there were some uh, positive performances from some individual players and, and some things that uh, gave us a chance to be in the football game, but just across the board, uh, not enough in the run game offensively. And, uh, and I, a pretty critical turnover um, in the low red, um, trying to you know, take a shot at a, a play right there. And then defensively, 
um, they, they had a good game plan and attacked us really in the run and pass um, today. So we got to be better if we want to earn the right to uh, yeah, punch our ticket into the playoffs. Uh, we sure better um, have a playoff-worthy type performance, which I did not think overall as a football team we did today. And that's uh, ultimately something uh, that falls on me. And uh, I can do a lot of things better myself, our coaching staff. Um, and then we'll just go back to work and, and uh, you know, clean up some of the execution and be ready to be at our best next Saturday back at home um, at U.S. Bank. Played in the low red. I assume you're referring to the Dalvin. Yeah, we uh, you know we had some we had some interior penetration um, on the play, um, and Dalvin was actually going to attempt to throw that football um, to Johnny Munt, and he was open in the back. We we just wanted to make sure number one that there was no penetration there, and and uh, you know ultimately trying to be aggressive in that moment. Uh, goal line defense in there, not a lot of uh, runs from the three yard line, but and, and we had the play set up. And uh, just didn't execute, and the ball went the other way. It was a critical, critical error. We got to go back and look at it. And I'm always going to rely on on our guys to make that play and execute in that moment. Um, but ultimately, a uh, huge play in the game. When you, when you call a play like that, and obviously Dalvin is going to do something he's not used to doing. Like, how much do you take that into account? We've practiced it quite a bit. We've practiced it quite a bit. Obviously, you felt comfortable there. I did. I felt comfortable with him executing that play in that moment. What's your level of? Concern now with the defense, just all the yards you're giving up, the explosives, and obviously it really got you today. Yeah, I think we've, I think uh, you know it's a combination of some things, but I think we got to take a take a look at uh, what we can do um, to potentially help uh, our guys have you know be in position to make more plays, um, be a little bit more aggressive possibly, um, but ultimately I think we got to generate some more rush. However we do it. And then uh, just try to limit explosives and what that looks like, Chris. Uh, I think it's a, a variety of things, but I think if we're doing our jobs effectively, we've got to take a look at it to try to improve our football team. Kevin, on the long one, they hit the Jamison Williams there. Uh, what happened on that? From yeah, I think uh, think like uh, it sounds like we were um, we were in kind of a, a quarters coverage structure, and they just were able uh, to get one of our safeties to kind of nail down and opened up the explosive. You know, very similar to a couple plays we hit on the other side. Um, as well. You know what, I think just early on, I, I didn't think our execution was very solid. Um, it just seemed like the, the uh, you know, at least watching it and observing it, it just seemed like uh, there was a little bit of execution error, maybe some uh, combinations not being tight enough, maybe some backer run through, maybe we're, you know, on plays where we heavily accounted for nickel pressure and things like that. We just didn't quite get it done. And I think that's my message to the team was about execution. It was about the details. It was about doing the little things. How many times can we have all 11 do their jobs? Because uh, when we tend to do that, things work out um, in our favor. And, and uh, yeah, that's what we'll continue what we'll do is go back to work, coach the details, and, and demand um, a level of execution, especially in the run game, to, to get back to where we want to be. Do you have any concern that the injuries to Harrison or Garrett Bradbury are long-term at all? No, I do not. And, and Garrett uh, was pretty close to a game-time decision, and we just decided um, where he was at, um, that uh, you know, we had confidence in Schlott taking the reps, uh, you know, most of the reps. Garrett did get some during the practice week, but um, CD cleared the protocol, and, and uh, we'll kind of progress through the week next week. But we just really in a game where you know, we were coming in with you know, everything we had. Uh, you know, we still wanted to be smart as we you know, get into December with some of our players that have been banged up. Uh, but no, no real long-term concerns with either of those two players, Kev. The uh, big pun on fourth and eight, I think it was, you know, you know, 
one thing here or one thing there, um, just not good enough across the board in the run game uh, to help sustain, especially on a day where, you know, uh, you know, I thought Kirk Cousins battled. I thought Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and, and Adam Thielen and, and KJ and these guys showing up, making some plays to just try to keep us in the football game on a day where we did not run it well enough. 1.3 a carry is not going to allow you to sustain drives, and quite frankly, that skilled group of guys. And, and the offensive line in their pass pro giving Kirk time, but... Um, I think just that first down, you know, that early down mentality of, uh, of uh, having an execution level be a standard and then allowing the effort and, and uh, the understanding of what you have to do in the run game in this league, regardless of the opponent, to have success on a consistent basis. How about your Kirk is under that kind of pressure in the run game? Is it working for him to come back and, and do what he did? I guess, what did you think of his performance overall? Yeah, I thought he was attempting to will our football team to a victory. Um, both with his execution level to Justin, Justin's adjustments he made since the last time he played against these guys. Um, I thought he played incredibly fast and explosive, and Kirk was right there with him every step of the way. I'm really proud of those guys, and I think that will help us continue to help us moving forward. We did a lot of different things today uh, in the past game to, to kind of uh, have a plan of attack based upon what we saw the last time. Um, pair that with a little bit better day running the football, and I, I think we'll be offensively um, you know, in a place where we feel like we can compete. In terms of past game, Justin Jefferson, 223 yards, a team record. Just your thoughts on it? Yeah, and just really competed. Um, I just, uh, I think he is uh, as talented as anybody I've ever been around, and then he's an ultimate, ultimate competitor. Um, had a great week of preparation. He was dialed in from the jump. And then uh, ultimately, uh, just trying to do whatever he could uh, to make the plays required. To, and, and we really, you know, you're looking up at the scoreboard, that's one thing. But all I know is that this team feels like as long as we give ourselves a chance, we're going to find a way. Um, and we just didn't have enough, you know, just didn't have enough and, and couldn't quite get uh, that rock back with enough time to, to make it, you know, what we, we, what we had hoped. But uh, tons of credit to Justin and Kirk uh, for how they executed today. And, I uh, do want to go back and look at that uh, long completion there towards the end. It looked like he did stay in bounds, um, but I'm 53 and a third uh, away on the other side of the field. So when it was real dead, not much we can do about it. In terms of you were very aggressive on offense going for it on fourth down early. Yep. With the two-point conversion, how much of that has to do with you know their offense is maybe going to come back and get points against you? Yeah, I, I felt like we needed to be aggressive today. Um, I felt like... Uh, you know, uh, that, that scenario with that fourth and one, when we had an opportunity to continue that drive, um, I got a lot of confidence in our guys and, and uh, expect in that situation, you know, uh, regardless uh, that we can uh, potentially try to get a yard right there. We had a play with some, thought, some different variances to it, depending on how they lined up, and it ended up being a, a play where we thought we could get Dalvin kind of in a space one-on-one, -on -one, maybe with the corner to try to get a yard, and they just made a play.
Kevin, on the, the one where they put Sewell in motion there at the end, how much have they shown that look? They've, they've shown? I know they've shown the look uh, to run the football out of that stuff. That's become kind of a popular thing around the league with the, some of these real athletic tackles like Trent Williams or, or like Sewell. He's a special, special player, and there's a reason why he was drafted where he was, and, and that's just them uh, being willing to execute a play like that in a critical moment um, where, you know, they – it's a good call and great execution, and I think that's something to kind of circle back on. It's just the execution level, you know, in those critical downs. Um, they just made more plays than we did, and they earned the, earned the victory. Last two. Two, what do you feel like just on a general level you guys need to do? You mentioned execution, but what needs to happen to get the run game going? Well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's game in and game out sometimes, uh, you know, how – how it tends to go. We've tried to be consistent with it and, and uh, have been able to grind out some 25, 27, 28 plus carry type of games at, you know, four or five a carry. Um, it's one thing to not really have those explosives, but it's another thing to have the negatives. I think we had five uh, today. So first and foremost, we got to eliminate the negatives in the run game. And I think that's where uh, when we're accounting for a hat on a hat in the box and we've got a plan, that's where the execution word tends to come up. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a major, uh, major focus, uh, making sure we continue to have some balance with our offense uh, to, to help to try to apply pressure to the defense. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you. All right, Coach. Uh, the Lions win by 11. Uh, it's the Vikings' first division loss this season. So, you know, I mean, e- even though they faked a punt on you and Moore went for 42, Goff basically looked unstoppable. Middle of the field defending it is still a major major problem for the minnesota vikings defense you're still 10 and 3 yeah. and you can win the division saturday at noon against the colts absolutely and that's all you need to worry about is getting ready for another short week of vikings football you play on saturday you have another chance to lock up the division you didn't do it today why not do it in front of your home your home fan base and i'm sure this minnesota vikings team how they have bounced back after losses this year It'll be another game that Vikings fans should be excited and proud of this team about. So uh, don't don't harp too too much on this loss. Uh, Detroit Lions, they're a really good team. Yeah, we're the better team, but they won today. Move on to next week. Yeah, the, the Lions are putting together a complete team about as well as I've seen in two decades calling Minnesota Vikings football. Offense, defense, I mean, shoot, they threw a pass to right tackle Panay Sewell, who was <laughs> acting as a tight end in an unbalanced set. Speaking of passing, Kirk Cousins threw for 425. One TD uh, went the way of Adam Thielen, and uh, the other went the way of Ypsilanti, Michigan native K.J. Osborne. Here's Kirk following the L. Already always tough to uh, to lose um, in this league, and, um, you know, there's plenty of plays we can point to that, uh, you know, could have made a difference in the game if we had executed better. Um you know, I thought we were explosive on offense for much of the day. Um, you know, Justin did a phenomenal job again, having a big day. Um, he was being doubled and safety was helping. But, um, you know, I think tribute to him, but tribute to Kevin and our coaching staff just continuing to find opportunities to still get him the football. Um, we really struggled to have a sustaining running game today. Um, you know, not, not enough production there. And, um, um you know, I, I would appreciate the ability to kind of spread the ball around too, get KJ and Adam involved and TJ. And, um, you know, I think I think we're at our best and we can kind of get all those guys contributing. So, um, um, you know, we'll look to do that in the weeks ahead. And uh, uh, that's, that's about all I have. So uh, uh, take any questions you have.
trick when you get into that kind of a drop back game and you're either because of trailing or because the running game isn't working? How does that change things in terms of what they're able to do to set pressure up for you? Yeah, I think they, you know, they certainly have a multitude of coverages they can play. They can pressure and try to, you know, eat up your halfback or make you throw hot. They can drop eight and play coverage and, um, you know, try to double Justin or just play with a lot of soft safeties. And it was a little bit of everything. I think they kind of played man at times. They doubled Justin at times in man. They played two deep zone. They pressured, tried to eat up the back. So there was a variety of looks. Um, and, um, so we just kind of had to manage it, play it, play to play. To play. <coughs> you heard at that goal line fumble, guys said Dallas was looking to throw that. I mean, what did you think of the call and, and how much of the swing was that? Yeah, I mean, no points in the red zone is always tough. Um, you know, it's a uh, – yeah, the coaches make so many decisions throughout the game, and, uh, and I think that's one where we just got to execute and – um, I would say the same of many other plays throughout the game that you feel you left out there. If we can just execute like we're capable, um, you know, you can you can end up with a much better result today. What are the challenges of playing without two starting offensive linemen? Well, I, I do think that uh, Blake and Austin did a phenomenal job today, and um, you know, we asked a lot of them when you factor in the noise and the silent cadence and. Um, you know, there's just a lot of offense, and they just did a phenomenal job handling all those uh, those moving parts. So, uh, um, you know, proud of the way that they played and protected and, and held up. Eric, how different is this Lions game you think from when you saw them week three than when you just saw them today? Yeah, well, they really all year long. You know, they they play uh, they play hard and and they uh, they're tough and uh, um, you know I think they were they were sharp against this week three, but uh, they certainly were today as well and. Um, um, you know they're they're a good football team, and in this league, man, it's it's every week they're they're all really good. Kirk, you talked about this being a t-shirt and hat game. Yeah, kind of frustrating. To yeah, come in, you know, hoping to yep. get that division, then boom, what happens today? Yeah, that's the that's the that's the frustration, Chris. Is you know you want to shut the door, and um, and we didn't, and so uh, you know Saturday at noon back in Minnesota, you know. Um, you know, it's it's about us, but uh, I also want to, you know, encourage our fans, you know, to show up and let's get that thing done uh, next Saturday at noon and, and uh, let's have it be a, a tremendous atmosphere and, and make it a tough place to play and uh, and let's go uh, let's go get it done next week. Kirk, what's the key then to the mental resiliency to get that done? Well, you just stay the course. I mean, it starts with watching the, the film on the flight back and and talking about. You know how we got, how we need to be better, why we weren't better, getting it fixed all day tomorrow, and um, and it's just a short week. So I guess Tuesday we'll jump right into it and and, uh, and get going again. So just have to have a great week, stack days on top of each other, and then be ready to execute uh, as flawlessly as we can on Saturday. Kirk, to go back to the fall line, how often had you guys practiced that? How had it gone? Practice? Yeah, uh, had it gone well. <laughs> um, so it's just a uh, unfortunate, unfortunate outcome there. Is there something that stands out to you about Justin and how he, how he navigated their defense today compared to the year and something different? Um, you know, I, we felt in week three. I think there were eight, you know, pass interference holding type calls. There were eight, and and we felt the, the league acknowledged there were probably a few more as well. So. That's always going to impact things. Today, didn't have as many of those, but um, um, 
You know, it all works together. You've got to have great play design. You've got to have great protection. You've got to be able to, to make the throw. And you've got to have the other guys doing their parts to threaten the defense. And then Justin has to be special. And when it all comes together, that's when you get to see him do what he does. But, um, uh, you know, many times today it did. And, uh, and then we left some out there. Is there a certain amount of sort of locker room leadership needed in a week like this to make sure that the door of this is closed and everyone, you know, some of the younger players, realize what's still available to you guys? You know, I think the, the silver lining, you never want to lose. I think the silver lining of a loss is the, um, the constructive you know, work you're going to do now to get things corrected. I think that, that will always be there when you lose and when you win. It's always tempting to look past mistakes that get made. I'm not saying that's happened, but it can be tempting. But you, when you lose, there's that urgency that's naturally there that creates uh, you know, some good improvement. And, um, and so that's, that's a silver lining. But uh, you, know, you need leadership after wins. You need leadership after losses. That'll always be there uh, to keep everybody focused and, and, and ready to go for the next challenge. Some of the hits, you mentioned last week, kind of feeling like every week is getting put back together from a car crash. Short yeah. week this week. How did you feel coming out of this one physically? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's pro football, so you're going to get hit. You understand that. And then you got your uh, your chiropractor and your tissue person lined up for Monday afternoon. So uh, uh, I'll do my same routine I've been doing now for five seasons here in Minnesota and beyond, you know, going back to Washington and just keep employing the same routine and get put back together and uh, – uh, but you know we dropped back a lot today, and, and there's you know it's on the road, and so uh, there's some challenges that come with that. And I just was proud of the way protection held up, and the, and the receivers and tight ends uh, kept getting separation versus man coverage, getting open, making plays. Alrighty, thanks. Ron Johnson, one of the great uh, receivers in the history of Gophers football, uh, he offers up three takes after each and every game. Uh, this is the post-game report from Ford Field. R.J., take it away. Thanks, PA. Well, this is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFAN studios. Tough day today, folks. I know 34-23 Vikings lose to the Lions. They are now 10-3. Good news, they're going to make the playoffs. Bad news, they didn't clinch the NFC North. We know that. But here's my three takeaways from today. I got to start off with the one that's hot topic. Justin Jefferson sets a new Vikings single game record, 223 yards. Sammy White previously held that record in 1976 versus those same Lions. 46 years ago, 210 yards. Justin Jefferson, like I said, 223 yards. The man was unstoppable. Should have been more. Probably could have been 240, 250 yards and a touchdown. But the referees blew their whistle a little bit too soon. And as we saw in the replay, Justin Jefferson never stepped out of bounds. So he was robbed. He was robbed by for even a bigger day. I'm talking about a 250-yard day, which would have put him one step closer to that elusive 2,000 yards. Mark, current record, 1964 by Calvin Johnson in 2012. Justin Jefferson's coming for that. Cooper Cup right behind him in 1947 last season. So can Justin Jefferson pass Cooper Cup? Can he pass Calvin Johnson? We'll see. But that 223 yards, that definitely was a big spot today. Got to talk about the defense, though. It's not a good one, folks. They gave up 464 yards. They were 47% on third down. It's not good. Not a good day. The records the defense is setting, five straight games with over 400 yards. of total offense is now a Vikings franchise record. That's not the history you want to be in. That's not a good one. But 
The Vikings defense giving up 464 yards, and they still almost had a chance to win. That just speaks to how this team is playing as a whole. Not one group is thinking it's your fault or it's your fault or it's our win, it's your win. It's a team effort. The offense does what they need to do. The defense does with just enough what they need to do. But in the end, just could not get it done. Jared Goff, pretty decent day as well as Kirk Cousins. And I got to go with my last takeaway is Kirk Cousins. 425 yards passing, two touchdowns, 124.5 passer rating, 31 for 41. Kirk Cousins was extremely efficient, had a great day, made some great throws. He took some big hits. The Lions were coming after him. Aiden Hutchinson, we saw him with the sack. They were coming after Kirk, but Kirk time and time again stood in the pocket grimacing. You could tell he was hurting a little bit, took some hits to the legs, to the knees, to the ankles, a little bit dirty. We're not going to go bounty gate on this one, but there was some, some questionable hits that did not get flags. Why? Because Kirk Cousins doesn't lay on the ground. He doesn't whine to the referees after he gets hit low. He doesn't go tell the referees what's going on. He doesn't whine and gripe about he didn't get a call. He just gets back in the huddle, calls the next play, steps up and makes another big throw. Kirk Cousins is a consummate pro, and he does not whine. And so I think because he's so tough and he doesn't cry for the flag, he doesn't get him. But again, Kirk Cousins, 31 for 41, 425 yards, extremely efficient, two touchdowns, and zero, zero turnovers. That's huge because everybody knows when that sack is coming, ball protection. Kirk Cousins keeps saying, I got to protect the ball, and he protected the ball today. Just in the end, didn't have enough to get over the hump. Some plays here and there that could he, he definitely probably wants back, some throws he wants back. But 425 yards, that probably leads the NFL this week. Nothing, nothing to be ashamed about when you have a game like that. Even though you did lose, he would trade all those yards for a win, and we all know that. But those are my three takeaways. I'm Ron Johnson. I want to thank you, and back to you guys at the stadium. All right, I know you got to run and get down there with Ben. Um, any final thoughts into that indie game? Yeah, start fast. Our first drive of the game today, turnover on downs. Mm. Second drive of the game, we score. Yeah. Then you get a fumble in the red zone, and that kind of just halts our offense. Start fast, finish strong. Um, continue to find ways to be aggressive on defense. When this defense is blitzing, we are a very good defense. Uh, you, you force the quarterback to to overthink things, and our defense is good enough to blitz and keep contained on the back end. So uh, start fast, play good defense, and uh, win those trenches. Well, we should be able to do that this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, corner Cam Dantzler came back uh, after a month out due to an ankle injury, got scorched pretty badly by DJ Chark, came out of the game. Duke Shelley came in. Josh Metellus filled in for Harrison Smith, who didn't play. Austin Schlopman was the center. Garrett Bradbury didn't play. Blake Brandle started his third consecutive game at left tackle with Christian Darasaw's concussion. Christian went full in practice on Friday, so it looks like he definitely is markedly closer to playing yeah. probably even this game uh, but next week against uh, Indianapolis be great to have him back but then Brandle got hurt in the fourth quarter yeah. Ole Udo came in um, so it's the time of the year man where you start to get nicked up a little bit yeah absolutely but you, you hope Blake Brandle's uh, injury is nothing significant uh, but the good thing like you said is Christian Derrissaw is coming back hopefully those guys can stay healthy December football it, it gets like this a lot of guys get nicked up and it's kind of the the survival of the fitted so uh, Tyler Tyler Williams uh, Uriah the the entire Vikings medical crew they have their hands full but they know what this time of the year offers so uh, it's good to see you know a lot of our guys back out there so having Harrison Smith back having a lot of these guys back next week will definitely uh, keep us in the in the hunt 
uh, as far as that playoff push. Gabe Henderson pinch hitting for uh, uh, Pete Bursich, who's uh, battling an illness-related voice. Uh, so he's going to head down to the field. We'll get the thoughts of Ben Lieber. Uh, with a winning formula, Gabe and Ben, and that takes place right now. Welcome to Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. I'm Gabe Henderson. That's Ben Lieber. Uh, ben, going into this game, the goal was to clinch the North, wear our big hats. We didn't do that today. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we do that next week. Um, but I want to rattle off, some, rattle off some positives before we get to some of the things that, sure. that led to the Vikings' victory. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 223 receiving yards, most in franchise history in a single game. Dalvin Cook now moves to fourth all-time in rushing yards in Vikings history. Kirk Cousins, 426 passing yards. Uh, Todd, I think it's his most ever as a Vikings quarterback. So uh, those are the positives. But I want to go to the negative. Dalvin Cook, not his best game, only 23 rushing yards. And going against a, a defense that, you know, was the top five, I guess worst bottom five yeah. in the league and when it comes to yards allowed in the run game why were we not able to get rushing yards today yeah man they they gave up f over five yards or right around five yards of carry going into this game and they they beat us up and we had 1.3 yards of carry yeah. we only had 22 yards rushing i mean the way i see it i, I just feel like we, we got a little bit predictable on first down knowing that they, we were going to run the football yeah. at least attempt to run the football so they were you know, bringing some heat, an extra linebacker in the in the A gaps. We weren't necessarily picking it up. We got in some compressed formations where they're bringing a nickel blitz on mm -hmm. us as well. We saw Mike Hughes in there a few times, former Viking, making some plays in the run game. Who's the nickel? I just thought, what's that? Well, well how would you describe a nickel cornerback when you say nickel blitz? Well, just for when our I fans. say yeah, yeah, when I say the nickel blitz, it's usually the 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 defender that's on the inside slot receiver okay. and. And I just thought that even though we tried to spread them out at times and we were in, you know, uh, a passing personnel, we just got a little bit predictable. And they were like, hey, we're going to bring a blitz. Now, it can turn into a run blitz if you guys want to run the football. But yeah. if you guys decide to play action, well, hopefully we catch you off guard and we bring a little extra pressure yeah. on the play action pass as well. So I thought they did a good job of just understanding situational football on first down bringing some more pressure we didn't do a good job executing it and even picking it up and understand that that's what they were doing and so we try to run the ball on first down and stuffed at the line of scrimmage yeah. tackle for loss we just couldn't get any rhythm because the, the their success on first down how, how would you describe the energy going into this game i'm just thinking about the opening drive for our offense well for our defense we stopped them i think before some three and out then our offense is a turnover on downs so how would you describe just the energy of how the game started versus how it ended which ultimately ended in a loss well I thought the game you know was really evenly matched I mean it was I thought our guys were energetic ready to go I mean like you said we have a chance to clinch the NFC North and put our big big hats on and put our, our champion t-shirts on there's a lot to play for in this game so I thought the guy, the team was motivated I yeah. thought they were energetic um, it's just that over the course of time you know, when we are attempting a little bit of a pop pass there at the end of the first half where Dalvin gets the ball and then throws the ball in the end zone to a wide-open receiver, right. which he would have been, um, he fumbles the ball, the momentum goes back the other direction. Um, I think just plays like that where we couldn't get things going. And with a big physical team that the Detroit Lions are, 
they're going to grind things out on yeah. you and they're going to suffocate you. And I feel like that's what happened. They, they took our energy, they absorbed it, and then they just kept going and kept going and kept beating up our offensive line. Yeah. They were doing a great job in pass protection offensively. We couldn't get any pressure on yeah. Goff, and, uh, and thus, here we are with the loss. Yeah, granted, we were shorthanded on our offensive line. Garrett Bradbury was ruled out right before the game. Christian Darisau, starting left tackle, did not play also. But Kirk still threw for 426 yeah. yards, and uh, it looked like a day that you, you, you thought he was just going to continue to have a career day. Time just ran out. But moving on the defensive side of the ball, Harrison Smith was out, uh, future Hall of Famer, Pro Bowl safety. That, I believe, affected this defense. This mark, today marked the fifth straight game we've given up over 400 yards on defense. What, what did you see out there that, that led to some of those big yardage? I, I think they were smart. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, did a good job of really attacking our safeties and really really asking Metellus to to step up in Harrison's absence and be the guy. And I think there are times where, you know, I think that very first touchdown, you know, he he jumps the the inside route and then Jamison Williams comes from across the field and he just sort of acted like he didn't see him. He didn't play with great vision. Uh, later on in the game, they used some single routes to really uh, eyeball the safety, play off his leverage at the last second. So they did a good job manipulating our safeties um, in both, you know, Cam Bynum had a couple bad plays in there as well where he's jumping routes, yeah. not exactly seeing the deeper route behind him. So Look, you got you to gotta take your hat off to them and give them the, the proper due because uh, it was a smart game plan. Yeah. They, they attacked our vulnerabilities, and with uh, a guy like Harrison Smith out, they knew to go right at that spot. Yeah, rightfully so. And uh, just understanding that we hopefully have Harrison Smith back next week. We've seen how, these, how this Vikings team has bounced back from his previous two losses. You would hope things would get better and we can clinch the division. Or not, yeah, clinch the division next week against the Indianapolis Colts. How do we do that? Well, I, I think defensively we have to get some pass rush. I, I don't know where it's gone. You know, we saw a little bit of it early in the game where we were getting Goff to get outside the pocket and really rush his decision-making. But, you know, for the most part, when you look at the totality of the game, we just couldn't get after him. You know, we you know we tried. You know, there was some five-man pressures. We do some exotic things where, you know, we'll put – Jordan Hicks out as an outside rusher, and we'll have Zadarius rush over the A-gaps on kind of a two-way go. You know, sometimes that works. It's just not consistent and not really – not especially in spots where we got to have those plays. And so we have to find a way to rush the passer, and then we have to find a way to run the football. You know, in our three losses that we've had on the season, we only averaged 52 yards on the ground. Wow. So I think – running the football, maybe doing it a little more creatively outside of first down will be key. That will be key to us wearing the big hats next week at home. We're not wearing big hats, but I do want to clinch the division <laughs> next week, and there's a, a really good chance to do so. Uh, so for Ben Lieber, uh, Jordan Struck, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into a double-digit edition of Between the Lines Fueled by Gatorade. Let's make it 11 next week. All right, Vikings lose to the Lions 34-23. Uh, a division-winning Sunday is put on hold. The Vikings are 10-3. and The Lions improve to 6-7. and And uh, the next postgame report follows, hopefully, a victory Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Indianapolis Colts. For Gabe Henderson, I'm Paul Allen. That is the postgame report. Sad news from the Motor City. The Lions beat the Vikings 34-23. And thanks for listening.